oceans. Two oceans will begin. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder, treason, and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. First, the overture. Welcome to the Two Oceans Podcast, where myself, Sue Fire, along with my friend and rebellious colleague Scrumpy, discuss film and other media through a decades-long lens of mass media consumption. In this episode, we'll be talking about our recent viewing, including Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities and Martin McDonough's The Banshees of Inishirin, as well as looking back at our Halloween marathon and what we've learned. This is the Two Oceans Podcast, so throw some chum into the water and get a bigger boat as we begin Episode 9. for the date well done <laughs> should have planned it ahead of time we should have been doing an episode on uh political movies guerrilla <laughs> right? movies well it's also revolutionary the, uh, movies <laughs> someone pointed out i believe uh, it's the date on the newspaper that marty checks in the first back to the future movie when he goes back oh. to 55 it's november 5th oh good one good one that's interesting yeah the the, the, the one pine and two pine small Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> exactly. The joke everyone seems to miss. Anyway, sorry. Did you manage to Different watch much this week? Uh, I watched a couple. I, I finished out three more and then uh, a couple more things on it. So uh, we we, we uh, uh, went in with uh, the Hocus Pocus 2 because we I just basically held off until last year sure. to finally watch the first one. Which came out what ninety three? I want to say something like that. I haven't seen either of them yet. And you know, um, it's 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 what you expect, but it's not bad. Huh? I mean, yeah, it's entertaining. Well, it's it's harmless. It's it is. I would say you know that whole horror adjacent kind of thing because you know you are dealing with witches. They do act as witches. You know, it's kind of goofy and obviously uh, and very Disneyfied. But at the same way, there's some <laughs> fun stuff in it. And the other the other thing I liked about so the sequel is just pretty much like the first one. Uh, just pointing out some new, you know, obviously a lot of things have changed in the interim. So they're learning along, you know, it's just kind of that uh, comedic thing of, of uh, anachronism. Uh, but the other thing I liked is that uh, Doug Jones, they let him speak because, you know, back in the 90s, he never spoke. He was just always the physical oh, sure. skinny actor. And now, thanks to like uh, the What We Do in the Shadows TV show and yep, a couple other yep. roles, uh, they've learned like, oh, he can talk. Uh, and he can he can actually act. Um, what well, we actor. even got to see his face in this last series, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, that was kind of nice. His character, you know, because in the in the first movie, is is uh, one of the witches had sewn his mouth shut, and so he was just had <laughs> clothes. So, but by the end of it, it got open. So now in this iteration, he was able to speak. So that was just a nice touch. But uh, you know, it's it's mouth harmless. It's fun. Shut? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like the first iteration of Deadpool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about that. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I've had a mixed bag of movies this week. Mm-hmm. So some of them were good. Some of them not so good. Um, so last Sunday, I went to the cinema and I saw Banshees of Inishirin mm. with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, basically the same crew that did um uh in bruges in bruges yeah yeah so this is this is basically the follow-up or the second and a proposed trilogy of movies with those two uh but it was it was really good um it sounds really heavy it's like a deep philosophical kind of existential kind of movie uh with 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 really good humor in it um and it's set in this isolated uh, island in Ireland during 1923 when the, the Civil War is kind of ongoing on the mainland. Um, but it, it's terrific. It's really good. I, 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 I think it's probably the best movie I've seen this year. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also got uh, uh, finally watched Eve's Bayou, which had been on a lot of lists. It popped up really in um, uh, the horror and war uh, at oh, the right. uh, documentary okay. that was on Shutter for Black Horror, basically. Yeah. And uh, so finally, finally got around to watching that. I've not um, seen it. How was it? It's good. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, the term that keeps coming up, if you look at reviews on it, is confident. It's very assured of itself. Um, and just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's just a, you know, very small little movie. And it's, uh, it's much more though in the vein of like Southern Gothic horror. Okay. Uh, uh, nice. Much more than, than the, uh, you know, outright or, you know, any other kind of you know, more psychological or thriller almost. But not quite, and uh, so it's Samuel Jackson is the father, and a very young uh, Journey Smollett, or however you say her name, <laughs> the gal from uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, she's the lead, and she does an excellent job. Uh, she was really Samuel good Jackson. in uh, Lovecraft Country. Yes, yes, she's good in everything I've seen her in so far. So, but uh, also directed by a woman. Uh, Oh, nice. uh, Casey, Casey Lemons, who's done a few other things and is an actress as well. I recognized her as an actress more so than a director when I saw the name. Um, but it was good. It was just, uh, you know, again, it was expecting more of this horror. And it, it is kind of touching into that. But again, the way a Southern Gothic horror does, you know, and that yeah. touching and, and being uh, in the black community, it touches more into voodoo. Uh and being in the swamps of Louisiana. Louisiana, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but it doesn't very it's not really exploitative. It doesn't feel out of place. It feels just very everything feels very assured of itself, very very established. It's very well structured. Mm. Uh, little thing. So, uh yeah, it's very much well worth it. It's very, it's very well done. On, on the flip side of that, I I, mm-hmm. I watched uh another movie um from uh, a woman director uh, just watched it this morning uh, from Zan Cassavetes. And yes, uh, she is the daughter of Cassavetes, <laughs> John Cassavetes and uh, Gina Rollins. Um, and it's called kiss of the damned. And it was one of these that uh, kept cropping up on lists of horror movies that you might have not seen kind of thing. Hmm. And so I checked that out. It's a vampire movie. It's good. It's kind of patchy, but it, it, it had a lot of potential there. There's a leading man in it that is probably the only weak performance in the whole movie. And it's a real shame because Mm -hmm. as they kind of drag drags it down a little bit. Uh, But yeah, some interesting ideas in there. Nothing new. It's done pretty well kind of closer again it's it's it probably is like more southern gothic uh interview with the vampire type tone mm-hmm. to it um but yeah that was all right that was all right nice but uh yeah <laughs> not 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 great um, don't have to go out of your way for it the, the thing is this this week i've seen some really really good movies so i saw banshee's in this year and and i got to see uh Oliver, Oliver Hermanus's uh, Living with Bill Nighy, which is the um, uh, Akiru uh, remake. Remake, um, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it, the script was from Kazuo Ishiguro, um, but it was very good um, because it was something, it, it follows the same structure as the original, mm-hmm. obviously set in 1950s uh, London, but it has its own soul to it. It's, it's, it's it's really good, um, and I was ex- I, I went in just expecting to tear it apart, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> why why uh-huh. do this? What you? is the point, yeah. you know? Um, but I I would think that I they they feel like two two different movies, which um, you know is such a great thing because I did see another remake this week that didn't make me very happy, which was Suspiria's <laughs> remake that from 2018. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I watched that and I, I, th- I, th- I think it could have been a lot better. And there were, there were certain things that I, I, I wish it stopped trying to be so um, uh, loyal to the original at times, 
Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I was like, I, just just break away, just 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 go for it, just go for it. <laughs> um, and I, I I think they start tried to add these layers of the the, the politics in, in Germany at this time with the terrorists and all this, um, which I, I thought was interesting. But the second I started getting interested interested in it, it sort of went back to to what the old film was, but it didn't sort of weave it in very well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a funny one. It's kind of a, kind of kind of an odd one. And oh. Oh, actually, I will say the performances across the board are really, really good, except, except the lead. I could not stand her. You didn't um, like her, huh? No, 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 no. Did not, did not enjoy that performance at all. And then, uh, what, uh, you know, I, what, I'm just curious, because I liked it and I thought her performance actually pretty good just because really? I, I was holding up as a mirror though to the original and the original to me is grotesquely overrated. I just got to say that about Suspiria. You know, everybody's like, but it looks so cool in the soundtrack. I'm like, yeah, get past that. And the ending is weird of the story. I mean, I thought they they fixed the story in this one in a way. I I will agree with you that it feels like it kind of gets distracted by the political uh, intrigue or sort of trying to tie that in. I mean, I get why, but it's just like you could have done without that. Uh, But by the same token, I I really enjoyed the... uh, uh, you know, holding up versus the uh, the gal in the original, who was fine, but it was she was just so. Uh, it just seemed very much more. She seemed much more like. Uh, it's my a lot of my problems with Argento's stuff of uh, uh, how exploited his female characters seem to be, like yeah. victimized, uh, not just in the movie but by the movie. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I, I know what you mean. Uh, and this there, one seemed the inverse of that. This seemed like a mirror, like it starts that way and, and then it becomes something else. I I think one of my problems, because mm-hmm. as, 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 as in some ways I sort of think it's not fair to compare the two, but sometimes yeah, when, yeah. when they get <laughs> too close, you can't help but do it. Um, and 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 I remember seeing an analysis of the, the first uh, Suspiria and what they were talking about was visual storytelling. And there's a sequence at the beginning where she uh, arrives at the airport and gets into a taxi. And that's all that happens. There's no dialogue, nothing. But through the sound and the images, it tells you there are witches. Something bad is happening. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. She she doesn't have a clue. Um, And and, and all this stuff that kind of reminded me of stuff like... um, uh, you know the visual storytelling that uh, Tartakovsky, you know, the the, the animator does um, in like Samurai Jack and and Primal and all this, and mm-hmm. and I quite enjoyed that. The the new movie has a completely different look, so 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 that yes. was fine. But I think sometimes there was a bit a bit too much explanation of things. Like I, um, I, th- I think mm-hmm. even just sort mm-hmm. of saying witches all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> right. I, I, I think it would have been better if, if you weren't sure, because there was something um, that the sort of old man character says, which Tilda Swinton, Jesus, <laughs> uh, unbelievable makeup there. Um, and, and the old man kind of says, you know, uh, they might believe that they're witches. They might be using that yeah. idea to kind of push mm-hmm. things forward. And it sort of planted this doubt until... Until you got to the last act of the movie, and then and everything seemed to kind of revert back to like the the, the original in tone, uh, mm-hmm. which which just kind of felt a little bit weird to me. Um, but but like I said, I I there's so much I enjoyed about it uh, at the same time. But then like I I, I, I didn't quite buy, uh, especially Dakota Johnson's um, uh, in the finale. I, th- I think she was really good all the way up to mm-hmm. to when she was expected to do something else, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it." <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it just didn't kind of sink in with me. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, we could do a whole episode around on remakes because it's remakes, quite interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of uh, in horror news, while I remember this, um, there's a new Evil Dead coming up. Evil Dead Rise. Um, yeah, the sequel and, to the uh, remake of. What was that ten years ago now? <laughs> Something like that. It doesn't. I mean, it does. It doesn't sound like it's a direct sequel to that, right? Okay. Um, 
And I, the director created a movie, and the only other movie he's ever done is called The Hole in the Ground, which I'd seen. And it is a terrific horror movie. Really good. And if the tone of this new Evil Dead matches what was in The Hole in the Ground, we're in for a treat. Um, because, I mean, the synopsis is that it's completely new characters. Um, uh, this this character and her older sister uh who are like raising three kids in their own in a cramped apartment um they the the sisters have just reunited but then they discover a mysterious book (laughs) and then all hell breaks loose and you know what that book is necronomicon isn't it Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah it it and, and that's all they've told about it but but if you haven't seen the hole in the ground, it, it is. It. Yeah, I haven't seen it, it though. You're right. It's set in Ireland. Um, it's this uh, this woman and her kid move out to this country house, and there is a great whopping hole in the ground uh, in the middle of the forest. And and that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's it. Okay. That's it. It's uh, but it, it's it's good. It's good. The the atmosphere is terrific. Nice. Did you did you see anything else this week? Uh, the only other one I saw was uh, Dream Demon. Finally got Dream a chance Demon. to. It's a British film, late eighties. Oh. Uh, the Gemma Redgrave and uh, great Kathleen Willowit and uh, and a, a nice little role from Timothy Spall in there as well. Oh, nice, um, nice. She's uh, Redgrave's uh, this young woman. Uh, and she starts having these terrible dreams about uh, she's marrying a uh, he's a, a war hero for them. It's a Falklands war hero uh, dude, yeah. and um, you know it seems fairy tale. And uh, Timothy Spall and another guy are the journos that keep relentlessly, creepily following her and becoming more invasive, and such too. But the dreams are very uh, uh, shocking that she's having about uh, things happening and things going sideways. And then she meets Kathleen Willowood. Uh, which uh, I'm probably butchering her last name. Apologies, but um, if you saw her, you know her, you, you, you know what she said. She had the uh, she kind of looked like this little punk rock chick from the '80s, but she was yeah. in everything. Then you like you see her, and she kind of has a rough voice as well. You're like, oh yeah, that's her uh, kind of thing. <laughs> but she's uh, just randomly there, and she's somehow drawn to the house that this gal's living in while her and her her fiance is always away. So the two of them strike up a friendship and. Uh, and it becomes much more than that as the story unfolds without spoiling it. Uh, the two become really linked, but then the gal's dreams start to take on a manifestation, a uh, physical manifestation as well, which is uh, unexpected. And, it, you know, it, it's good. It, it's, it's not great. There's a little uneven, uh, yeah, but it is yeah. well done. And it is in that vein of British horror. It wouldn't be outside of a... You know, Hammer wasn't making movies at the time, I don't think. So, but it wasn't no. out of line of what, uh, what they were doing or something they would make in that line. And it was uh, directed by uh, looked up uh, Harley Cokeless, who just did a bunch of sort of similar stuff, medium range kind of stuff. But he was also second unit on uh, Empire Strikes Back, and right. he was okay. the fake Shemp in uh, uh, Army of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> the fake shemp. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. They're hard to come across those. You know, it really <laughs> fake, not real. Uh, uh, second rate shemp. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Amazing. Um, let's see. What else did I watch this week? Um, I also watched uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, Enemy, which I hadn't seen. Mm. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Thought that was really good with the uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, and it looks like someone leaned over their keyboard while typing. No, that's um, Shamala Mala Mala Mala. Mala. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> M Night. <laughs> um, and then uh, it has Sarah Gadon in it, who is in uh, Black Bear a couple of years back. But uh, did did you see Enemy by any chance? I did not. I, I I'm familiar with the. With it, but I did not see it yet. It is a s- solid, solid movie. Because um, if he came out of the gates with with that movie, then it's no surprise he's he's, he's got to where he is now. Um, it 
is a kind of surreal story. And it's basically kind of talking about commitment, love, identity, temptation. And uh, I keep using this word over and over again about a lot of the movies I watch. It must have something to do with me, but it it is quite Kafka-esque as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is based on a novel uh, called The Double, but not not the Russian novel, but uh, a Spanish, relatively modern novel. Um, But it... It has, and this isn't spoiling anything, one of the most best surprising endings I have had in a really long time. <laughs> and where 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 it 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 really hit me. And when the credits were were, were scrolling up, I was just like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, that was fantastic. Nice. So it, it it's pretty short as well. Um, it's 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 around ninety minutes. I think that's another problem that I had with Suspiria as well because that was a long movie. Like it, it, it went it, yeah. it, it it goes on for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, didn't really watch. Oh, okay. The only other thing I watched this week that was sort of horror related is I went back to revisit Tetsuo the Iron Man, which I hadn't seen in. <laughs> Probably since it came out, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and now that movie is really short. That's like an hour. Yeah, but you what don't want hour. more than yeah. What an hour! <laughs> it's just a complete freaking roller coaster. That movie, and it mm. still holds up. Oh, actually, I, I didn't even put this in the notes. I think I tried to bury it, but I also uh, rewatched um, Signal which was another one of those sort of Japanese horrors that came out early oh, 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That did not hold up at all. No, no, oh. no. doesn't, doesn't work anywhere. Doesn't, does not work at all. It was, uh, and again, it's one of these movies that's two hours and some change. Um, and it, 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 it has like two sequences that I, that, that I, I, I remember really loving. I still like them. They're, they're really, really good horror sequences. But the rest of the movie, man, I mean, in, in characters just talking to each other and trying to theorize about what's going on. And it's like so in your face. It's like, oh, I'm trying to think about this myself. <laughs> and, and you're trying to give me all the answers on here. I don't want them. Just just show me. Um, but uh, yeah, Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Yeah, that still stands up. That 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 is just such a trip. <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, television yeah, so- as well. Yeah, let's say television was the other thing, and that's uh, we didn't we we we've almost finished the latest uh, Flanagan uh, entry, the Midnight Club, right? Yeah, uh, and it's it's all right so far. It's not it's not the heights of Midnight Mass, unfortunately, uh, but it ranks right in the middle, I would say, of a right. Netflix series. So it's you know it's still worth watching, right? Uh, I, I did see a too. video of the conversation between Guillermo del Toro and him uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about Cabinet of Curiosities and Midnight Mass, um, which was quite interesting because they, they they were asking each other, you know, what scared them the most as kids. Mm-hmm. And it was quite interesting. It was good. I bet. Yeah. And that does say that's a segue then to the other one, which is the Cabinet of Curiosities. Have you finished it? Yes. I, I I thought it's one of the best anthology series I've seen in a long time. It was quite good. It was uh, obviously some better than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it got better as it went along, especially I would consider uh, the the final the final episode, uh, the one Jennifer Kent directed, the Babadook director, uh, yeah. as as the best one. Just I, because the others all felt like they were trying to. I mean, the others, you know, there were a couple really good, like the. Uh, 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 Pittman's uh, model and uh, uh, autopsy. autopsy. Yeah, yeah, right. Both, both yeah. outstanding. Um, yeah, I, but, those are standouts for me as well. But they felt like they were trying to be Del Toro. Like it all kind of felt up to that point, mm-hmm. up until that final episode from Ken. They all felt like they were trying to be Del Toro stories. Like, like it makes sense, right? It's like okay, you could see his hand on him. And the last one it looks like it, she was like, "Nope, I got my own. I got this." Yeah, and yeah, no, created something. And a much, you know, it's a different, uh, a much different um, uh, ghost story that yeah. I, I think that the changes she makes and the, the thing, the risk she dared 
on it all pay off, all work really well. You've got a great lead character who's simultaneously sympathetic and unsympathetic, but you, you know, mm. but as she's processing her grief or not, and a husband who's trying to do it with her or for her and, and, you know, how you get through grief and, and you know, there's, it's just so much more <laughs> complex, uh, emotionally layered and structured yeah, and, yeah. and the way it ends, the, the, the way they tell the story, the way they interact with the ghosts, you know, kind of thing, rather than just being uh, scared. Uh, without spoiling too much, is just really. I mean, it was it was a nice uh, bridge. I mean, it was very very smart, very mature. I'll go back to that term, confident. Uh, you know, assured of itself, like right from the get go. Because you're like, how are you making a movie about a horror story about bird watchers? And <laughs> she does quite well. And I mean, in in and I I didn't even realize until after the episode that that was Andrew Lincoln. In the yeah. episode, uh, right. uh, just did not recognize him at all, and it's not as if they caked him in makeup or anything. Oh, right, no, it's such a weird performance to what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you said that about the murmuring because I remember uh, when I got to the end and I watched that and I really enjoyed it. I sort of started thinking about what some of the fanboys might think of that episode. Um, oh, I'm sure they would I, hate it, but like the Babadook, you know, they also... Ah. Right, like, yeah. They're yeah. like, that kid's the most annoying kid ever. I'm like, let me show you House by the Cemetery if you want to see an annoying child in a movie. <laughs> well, th- th- this is the other thing. And we mentioned this before. Del Toro don't give a shit about kids. Like, nope. he's the equal opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um uh, actually, they, they, there are sort of other standouts in the, in the series that aren't like entire. I mean, because I I think all the episodes were solid, like like like, like, like just good solid yeah. episodes. Sure. Um, and but some of the episodes had some standout uh, elements to them, either the way that they filmed it or some of the creature work that was done it done in it like dreams mm-hmm. in the witch house that is mm-hmm. probably one of the best witches i've seen on the screen I, that was I, I yeah that, that was fantastic so yeah. good um and what was the I'm trying to remember the episode before the murmuring um wasn't it that uh, one yeah, I wasn't it dreams maybe. or something else, or was it? So yeah, oh, that's the other thing. When they did the adaptation of Pickman's model and Dreams in the Pickman, Witch House, sorry. which are mm-hmm. both H.P. Lovecraft, they 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 changed the story quite a lot. Like they yes. expanded on the story, <laughs> and and so, uh, <laughs> oh man, I I I tell you what, I I talking about endings that surprised me i haven't been surprised on a, on a tv show ending uh certainly not in an anthology series as much as one of those episodes that we've been talking about and i, I think you know which one i'm referring to mm-hmm. um where it got to the end and the credits rolled and i was like what <laughs> wow wow yeah. that is that is that is really good that is dark but that's yeah. that's really good um, uh, uh, the, the, the viewing, the Cosmatos, uh, entry was the one before the murmuring. Right. Right. Which uh, was all like, you know, my wife said it best. Oh, it's yes. Like, it's like, right. and I was, I shared the same thing with her. I kind of warned her going in. I'm like, he likes visuals. He likes style. <laughs> um, you, you know, his stuff's worth watching. But then at the end you're like, what the hell just happened? And this one was like not much different because it's like, get into the goddamn room to get the monster. Like, come on, go. Why do you spend like, like, it's like, you know, it's almost an hour and a half long and 75 minutes of that is them talking. Like move along. Come on. But, but yeah, I completely agree with that. But when it got to those last frames, again, another a conclusion that I thought was really good. And, yeah, and, and agreed. It, just that image at the end, yeah. it, uh-huh. it, 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 it felt like reading the last panel of a really good Alan Moore story. <laughs> it was just yeah, like, because right. it left it open. It, it didn't uh-huh. explain what happens next, but you know it ain't going to be good. Well, it's his, you know, his late seventies, early eighties style, and that ending matches late seventies, early eighties sci-fi horror 
yeah films right that were just like oh that's bleak oh and, yeah oh. <laughs> and you have peter weller in there as well which was he's yeah. it was quite good to see him it's uh it's been a little bit um yeah yeah um and kind of going back to what i watched uh just before this episode uh saloon um mm-hmm. Which, which, which you'd already seen. We haven't really discussed in detail. I just thought that was, I mean, in, in, I thought it was, is, is really solid, but what really impressed me was, is how attached I became to the characters and mm-hmm. how pulled in I was. Um, because that's another thing where, like, I, in the Suspiria re- remake, mm-hmm. I, I, I got uh, maybe a half hour in and I was like, I, I was thinking, Ink. I don't like any of these people. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I do not I just care. Don't, I don't care. I mean, and, and it might be kind of the, the like, like, like the beginning of Alien, all those working class people kind of moaning about being woken up and, you know, they better get their bonus kind of thing, instantly mm-hmm. attached to them. And it was kind of a similar thing with uh, Saloon as well, where I could, it was quite down to earth what their issues were. Um, whereas it's kind of hard to get connected to people who are in a privileged position, you know, like, oh my gosh, they might not, they might not be able to do the dance routine that they, they, they want to do. Gosh, that must be tough. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's more difficult to kind of, kind of hook you in, uh, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I saloon, man, I, 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 you, you knew that these guys knew each other for a long time. Um, and then even the people that they met in the, the, the village that they went to the, the mm-hmm. Baobab village. Um, I found them all, all interesting as well, mm-hmm. you know, almost from the get go. And I'm not quite sure how, how he did it, but I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to, to what he directs next. Cause um, yeah, that, that, that was, that was really interesting. I'm just yeah. Wondering. And uh, yeah. And good, good monster on, unsusp- un, uh, you know, unsuspected. Yeah. Be like, Oh, yeah. you're going to do. Okay. Sweet. And, uh, and yeah, same with the ending, uh, on that too. Like, oh, this, this is, this is where we're going to go with this. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, uh yeah. he's actually not directed anything else. There, there isn't another wow. one. There's, uh, that, that was his, his sort of premier, um, uh, full length movie. So gosh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of potential Worth there. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah. keeping an eye on. Yeah. Agreed. And let's see. So, did I drop anything else off? Um, <laughs> nope. I think that pretty much does it. So, Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was great. Um, also, uh, watched all of the short episodes for Tales of the Jedi from Dave Filoni. Oh, uh huh. Nice. Um, did you did you have you seen those? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. What'd you oh, think? I really enjoyed them all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it it was either great or superb. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And, and and they did so much in those like fifteen minute bites that it didn't feel like fifteen minutes. Um, I still wanted more when it got to oh, the right. end, but uh, yeah, really really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, obviously, been keeping on top of Andor as well from Tony Gilroy. Oh yes, yeah, that's been just consistently <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in Rogue One was pretty much a war movie, and oh. this is this is kind of taking it, you know, uh, in a little bit more depth, uh, sort of more p- political intrigue war movie, um, but. Yeah, really looking well, forward to seeing where they they end it in the first series. It's uh, it, you know, it's an interesting thing with those two kind of looking at you know, since Filoni is the guy now, right? He's the creative overseeing yeah. all this and what what gets out there, what gets put out there. And it's kind of like it's an interesting thing of how he's kind of repositioning the universe to move on uh, from the Skywalker right. saga, uh, move away yeah. from it. It's like it's been done. So not doing any disrespect, but we don't. It doesn't need to be done. We've done it. We've done a lot of it. Here's yeah, there's yeah. And this is a rich, uh, you know, varied place that can that can have all these other stories. So let's let's explore that. And, uh, and, and you know, the caliber dare, daring that, to set that up. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's so broad it, it, because as that 
that was when we originally went to go see the uh, original trilogy, it hinted at how big this universe is, mm-hmm. right? Without explaining it, without mm-hmm. explaining it, George. And, um, you know, you didn't know where they're going to go next. It's like, oh my gosh, they're in an asteroid field. Where are they going to go now? Oh, my a city in the clouds. Wow. Uh, inside, inside of me, uh, you know, one of the asteroids inside of a creature, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen next. And I love that kind of road movie feel mm-hmm. to uh, especially Empire Strikes Back, where you thought, you know, what kind of wonder are we going to see next? And it was that kind of wonder that you had as a kid watching the wizard of Oz. Where you're like, what's the next thing they're going to come across on this crazy road? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it's just started getting restrictive because as they kept going back to the original, which was a really cowardly thing to do. Um, and yes. now it just feels so big and epic. And there's so many. And and actually, just one thing I want to point out on the, the Tales of the Jedi, those, those short uh, features that, that they pulled together the music on it is uh clearly inspired by traditional japanese kind of kabuki music and it is fantastic Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound anything like the original if you would have asked me 15 years ago it's like oh no it's always got to have the star wars music otherwise it's not star (laughs) wars but but it it it's still star wars and i i I think um Mandalorian managed to open up mm-hmm. the music quite a bit yeah. more as well. Exactly. And it's, um, uh, it's not that, and he wasn't so much then, I don't think, or maybe it was just because I was younger or something, but the, you know, the William scores, well, iconic and everything like that, you know, it's that, yeah. uh, they typically do that thing that I hate of telling you how to feel. Right. Uh, which I Spielberg see what you, yeah. would use, you know, Spielberg used yeah. very exclusively much more than Lucas, I think as part yeah. of my, issue with it but um it's just like it really irritates me <laughs> it's like you know, i don't need you to tell me how to feel like let me feel whatever i want to feel like i mean i mean that's what i like about a lot of williams stuff is it 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 it, it sort of enhances what you already feel you yeah. know when it's when it's at its best um instead of like, like being a signal that hey you in the tears here <laughs> it's time for you to be sad you know um but yeah i mean in, in a lot of it was 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 fairly neutral because you had various themes for different characters and and you'd get those little riffs um when they appeared you know the most famous ones being around like vader you know um yeah. it's uh but yeah no no really really kind of enjoying where where that's all going um right so um, oh, let's okay. move on to uh, what did we learn from our Halloween horror marathon? What did we learn? How are we better people because of this experiment? <laughs> uh, well, taking a few notes down. I mean, one of the yeah, things okay. I've realized, and this is kind of a, this is not deep at all. It's how many horror movies I haven't seen, <laughs> uh-huh. um, which, which surprises well. me because mm-hmm. right. I have seen a lot of horror I've movies, seen a lot, seen a um, lot of garbage too. But <laughs> well, that's the thing. And then, then, and you know, you go to these lists saying, and, you know, actually, and I will say this: I think I think both of us have probably seen a majority of the films, if not all, of anything that the mainstream press puts out, saying the ten yeah. movies you need to see before you die. It's like, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I've okay. already seen those. Uh, but but some of these other places, um, you know, like with Shutter and things, um, where they probably have a well, they definitely have a broader understanding of of the genre. Um, that they're throwing things up that I've not heard of before. Um, so I've spent a lot of time watching older movies um, mm-hmm. during this, uh, the past few weeks. Yep. Yeah, I, I did my count. I did 26 movies, but only three of them were ones I'd seen previously. That's good. And that was a mix of old and, uh, by old, I mean, I'm talking 50 plus years, potentially, 40 to 50 years old. As well as uh, then uh, stuff, you know, very recent, you know, even up to like Barbarian and such stuff coming out during this month. That that was um, a good one. That was oh yeah, that was so good, so good. Um, but <laughs> well, it's the thing too, kind of seeing like you know, understanding like because uh, you know, there's a lot of 
folks out there that are like, oh, well, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the 80s were the best genre for horror. I'm like, well, nope. Because when I talked about that, <laughs> a lot of crap, that was the 80s. There was yeah. a lot of garbage. You oh, would get yeah. it because you'd go to the video <laughs> store and you'd like, that box looks neat. That box art looks cool. Right. Right. And you'd grab it and you'd regret it after that. And it's like, I don't, I'm not getting that time back. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the fact that, you know, there's a, you know, it's a joke about, uh, you know, because I watched one of the ones I watched was the Scream remake uh, that came out right. earlier this year, which was excellent. And they're talking about sequels and remakes and elevated horror in it. And, you know, not everything has to be elevated, you know, kind of be in the joke. Mm, Uh, And it's like, that's true. And, you know, there's also (laughs) a quote from Jordan Peele saying, he's like, you know, uh, uh, he's like, I I don't intend to make elevated horror. I'm just telling the stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, okay, sure. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's pulling the Hitchcock thing, right? Hitchcock said his movies were just about what was on the screen, never about what the subtext everyone was reading into him. It's like, really dude, you could Okay, fine. Um, well, I, I don't like it when directors actually tell you what the subtext is. It's right. It, David Lynch is really good about that. You ask him any question. He'll agree. like, I'm not, I'm not answering that. Yeah. And, no, and that's his I, I think that, that no. that's the right way to, to do it because as everybody can put their own interpretation on it, you know, um, which is, which is better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff going on now, and yeah, some of it is elevated, some of it is very uh, meta in its in its reflections and yeah. playing with uh, old genres and commenting on them and updating without. And uh, but I haven't seen it as like like oh we're uh, you know you could say it with your uh, with the Suspiria remake it'd be like oh we're totally breaking with it and here's how let's show you the elements from the original and then here's what we're doing with them you know you right. could take that could read that i think i filmed that way uh almost uh intentional in uh in doing it versus some they're just like no we're still just horror is just another genre that we can explore yeah. and there's a lot to horror uh that um what? uh you know uh, uh, uh that, that, that is what that allows that is- for um multiple voices and yeah. multiple types of stories to be told, you know, like so, uh, something like she will can stand up against, you know, terrifier two or barbarian. And it's right. like, yeah, they're horror movies. They're still legit horror movies. I mean, you could still defend them as such. Well, that's uh, what I also had down was that I think something that I hadn't, I, I, I kind of had an idea, but I didn't quite know how deep the waters were, but the <laughs> variety in the genre, mm-hmm. you know, from like, you just pointed out like from horror drama to splatter punk to mashups with other genres as well. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot, <laughs> I mean, there's no yeah. limit really. Is there, um, I, you know, it, it, it is, it, it is a, a varied flock at the church of horror. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I guess, main thing is like it's doing fine. It's alive and well. Uh, it's probably you know. as as successful as it's ever been. I think. I think the only probably the last hurdle that's left really is to be taken more seriously in the awards. Um, so you mentioned sort of the Babadook. Um, my gosh, you know, uh, thinking about uh, the performances in that movie and how you know. There, there were no nominations uh, off, off, off the back of, of that movie is, is mm-hmm. you know, if, if it were any other genre, um, you know, there'd be nominations there, wouldn't there? Yeah. Uh, and and, 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 and it, it's, it's, it's even worse than comedy because it doesn't even have its own category, right? Right. It, it, it is completely out in the cold. Uh, so, you know, you might be able to get some special effects or costume and things like this, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, not, not, nothing for the sort of horror actors, unless you are, I mean, even Jack Nicholson in the shining, you know, no nomination there. Um, despite Although, the performance. Again, it's not, it's more a monster movie than a horror movie, but shape of water does kind of tick, you know, over to that, over to that it's, side. Right. 
it does a little bit, but but a the little interesting bit, right? Thing, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. it's game changer or anything. Well, Guillermo del Toro, uh, when he 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 was talking earlier, was saying that he likes the horror aesthetic, but he doesn't particularly like watching horror movies, so he doesn't watch very many, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, um, that's funny. Uh, but but it yeah I mean I I, I think of that as as uh, you know a love movie you know a romance the, mm-hmm. the yeah. you know c- c- kind of mixed with the Frankenstein uh, as well <laughs> right. you know you I, and that's another thing that he mentions about horror is um, it tends to appeal to people who are a little bit outside the the status quo mm-hmm. uh, the kids who are alone when they're you know uh, when they're children. It, that sort of isolation and being shunned mm-hmm. means that a lot of these people identify with the monster, um, mm-hmm. you know, like Frankenstein. He he keeps talking about Frankenstein being his all time favorite monster because of that. Yeah, I get that. Um, but I'll also throw in, you know, the uh, other, uh, you know, sort of acceptance level around uh, horror being a little more mainstream or going a little more mainstream in between uh, his stuff, Jordan Peele's stuff, uh, mm. something then series like Stranger Things, which right. veer a bit, and I would argue oh, in their most well, recent season does. go almost full horror. Yeah, uh, yeah, in it, and uh, but people seem okay with that, and they, you know, it gets good ratings. They're like, okay, there's uh, <laughs> there's there, there's a room for the, you know, there's room for this, or uh, a movie a like The Terrifier actually making into the top ten. You know, now, right? you know, I, I might have expected that like in the 70s or 80s, maybe, possibly, maybe. <laughs> um, but but you know, it's it's been a long time since a movie like that, which which is a gore fest. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. and, and that's a movie that doesn't pretend to be anything else uh, from what I hear. Anyhow, is that at, at, it's a slasher movie. And it is a gore movie, <laughs> and 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 it likes to show off how much gore it can 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 throw up on screen, um, and 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 it it it's 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 been successful. It's probably going to drop off now that Halloween's over. Um, yeah. But you know the fact that it did have that run is uh, is 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 a sign of of you know horror kind of opening up because if people are going to go see that. They're certainly going to be open to see practically anything else. I'd imagine it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's much more box office friendly, right? Right. Perhaps. Well, anything else is going to be more box office friendly than that, um, <laughs> because as I mean, just looking because we get the BBFC sort of certification notices here, and, oh, uh-huh. and sometimes they're quite funny. And so for, for for that, they start explaining like, like things that happen in the movie, like like, like people are killed, they their corpses are mutilated oh. <laughs> over several minutes afterwards. You know, so 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 it 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 is pretty clear that that yeah, th- th- this movie is gonna just make you squirm in your seat and be like just to end <laughs> you know uh so i don't know how i feel about that but a couple of people told me that they quite enjoyed it so i'm gonna have okay. to i'm gonna have to check it out i'm just not yeah, right not in a hurry right now um <laughs> yeah and and again uh the other thing that i started thinking about when we were going through all these is how uh really at some level all horror movies are a metaphor for something you mm-hmm. know be it like uh, marginalization of women and Rosemary's Baby, Cold War paranoia and invasion of the body snatchers, or like I said before, more generally that monsters are a representation of the excluded or disenfranchised, you know? Um, and and I, I don't even think all movies mean to do that. Right. But they, 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 they blatantly fit perfectly into that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then on the flip side, they, they they can be reflections of some pretty nasty things in culture as well. And I think one of the things that started coming up quite a lot were uh, these these trends that we had around like home invasion movies, because everyone's like a, a paranoid that crime is going up, even though crime has been going down <laughs> consistently since, you know, like 1990. Um, and yeah, there's, there's some things kind of feed into kind of the general perception that aren't that aren't true. Um, I mean, really, you got to worry about the police more than anything because their violence has gone up, <laughs> you know. So uh, and and 
I remember them playing into that in the 90s because there were a lot of movies about bad cops in the 90s and the early noughties mm-hmm. um, where, where where the cop was the villain. Um, and I'm struggling to remember the names of those movies. Um, there's one with Andy Garcia and um, uh, Richard Gere. And I cannot remember. Uh, Internal Affairs, I think it was oh, called. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, then there was the one with Denzel Washington. Um, oh, he takes the rookie. Oh, Training Day. Training Day. Yeah, yeah. So there are movies like that 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 I quite enjoyed. And what else did you uh, put in your list of of what you picked up from going through all these movies this year? You know, those are the those are the main things. I just like mm. the, and, and just the. Um, the uh ability of it to uh uh to have to to be a you know far richer genre than what people think or what you know what you yeah know, the subgenres that i'm able to, to play with and then watching the uh queer fear uh documentary on shutter as well and seeing that how you know the talking about the identification with the monster and such too or the, mm. the things that are negative uh that are taken as a positive and 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 why you know, why and how sort of thing in there. Um, so I'm that's, I uh, have to catch up on that one. Cause that, yeah, that, it's that outstanding. Sounds it's, really it's, good. It is. Yeah. It's really worth the time. Cause especially watching that and then watch some other straight ahead, like the, they also have the 101 scariest moments in horror as another series on shutter there. And, you know, they'll talk a lot about the same movies and then what they're talking about. It's like in the 101 thing, it's like, Oh yeah. You know what I'm normally used to. But then after having watched when they talk about some of these movies that were in the queer fear, uh, series as well. You're like, oh man, it feels like they're missing so much. Like there's just so much more going on here that's worth talking about, and, and so it's just a, it's a far richer experiment uh, experience, and uh, it's getting um more more mileage, I guess, out of that. I, I think it's, I, it sure seems like it because again, I'm talking about you know the disparate uh, the disparate films that you can still call mm-hmm. horror and still qualify. Uh, that you would still hold up is like, oh yeah, because um, everybody just assumes, oh horror, it's creepy, it's uh, uh, you know, or it's well, uh, uh, violent, ge- or you know. yeah. Well, I think our generation, Generation mm-hmm. X, remembers being in the video shop and all those covers that we we loved so much that they c- caricatured the 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 all these films yeah. by those covers because you know I, I think we touched on this before. Some of those covers exaggerated how awful they were you know <laughs> right. to try to get you to rent them or get mm-hmm. people like us to rent them yeah, uh, exactly. rather than the normals uh, <laughs> um something else I, I i got into this week and you probably saw me share this on facebook was um that ai conversation between an ai werner herzog oh, yeah. and slavoj zizek and uh <laughs> it's funny but it is uncanny sometimes because a lot of what they talk about are movies and it, it it sometimes it's accidentally pretty insightful <laughs> it's uh and it it, it to, to the point um that i looked up actual discussions that these guys have had and zizek uh has a great video on youtube where he is discussing john carpenter's they live and he spends 10 minutes walking through it with his own unique perspective. But it, it's it's a lot of fun <laughs> seeing mm-hmm. someone of that kind of stature um, uh, approach a movie like that. That, again, going back to the normals, would kind of think, you know, that's kind of a that's schlocky movie. It's got a wrestler in it and all this other stuff. <laughs> but but he's, he, 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 being, you know, uh, a philosopher, loved the movie. And 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 took away so many different layers from it. It's 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 a lot of fun. I've actually got a clip here. I'm going to play of um, Werner Herzog, mm-hmm. and he has. It's not a very long clip, but he has an interesting take on why we have horror movies. So I'll just quickly play this now.
So there you have it. We've got horror because we're not getting ripped apart by bears. Yeah, exactly. Back to bears. Yeah. <laughs> Nature is terrible and wants to kill you. And that's, <laughs> and that's the way it should be. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's fair. I think it's fair assessment too. You know, it's a, it's an interesting Interesting well, yeah, take yeah. that will just continue, you know, it, it still continues to entertain me. So, well, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride, you know, right. <laughs> I just never um, expected to be able to keep adding new, you know, great new content. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, and it has been a, f- a few years now where there has been just exquisite output. I mean, yeah. in, um, well, and they're good movies, right? It's not just yes, they're great horror movies, and these are good movies, though. You know, there's like, yeah, there's, a, there's just something you know you have to feel like you have to qual- still have to qualify that, right, with some people, right? Like, yes, it's a horror film, but it's really good movie, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> or even um, the TV shows. You know, it used to be that when you had an anthology series, the the difference between the worst episode and the best episode was huge you know like like, 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 you know you'd get something that's absolutely shit and then something absolutely classic or what you usually get is uh 90 mediocre episodes and one or two standout episodes that were acceptable right that became classics because you're comparing them to the rest of the series but we've had cabinet of curiosities um thought the twilight zone series was pretty good I, th- I think the episodes were probably a little bit too long I, th- I think they try to force them to be an hour um and i think that's something that i've appreciated with a lot of series now that have just said we don't have a fixed length we they they're as yeah. long as they need to be and i think that works a lot better um creep show i thought was really good i really enjoyed that mm-hmm. um but yeah, just so much material out there and so many new directors as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to be coming out with their sort of sophomore efforts in the next few years. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting. And uh, yeah, and again, I think it's also that celebration or recognition of uh, other people that were on margins before having, bringing that better, vo- you know, freshness and newer voices and better stories because of it. Uh, so, you know, people of color and, LGBTQ yeah. plus and all that, you know, kind of tying in uh, as well. I'm like, you know, it's like, good, bring it. It's obviously working. It's obviously helping, you know. Uh, but I, I think some of the things that are um, changing are is also the caliber of actor that is willing to go into these movies as well. Yeah. Um, just sort of thinking about um, uh, Tony Collette, right? Sure. In Hereditary or, mm-hmm. or Gabriel Byrne in that movie. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and there's such solid, you know, Oscar winning actors and, and also with science fiction, all the genre mm-hmm. um, uh, movies seem to be attracting that. I mean, look at, look, look in Andor at, at the different actors that we have in that. It's, <laughs> it's, right. it's amazing that, that, you know, that that we've got them in there because as actually this is a, there's this is another funny thing that that uh uh Guillermo del Toro said is that uh, you know you get directors that kind of go like a, 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 oh a great actor will read one of the lines they'd written and uh that the, the director will kind of be thinking huh that's amazing i wrote that um but he said that's not true it's it's like, like that was great acting Right. <laughs> it, it wasn't the writing. It was, 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 was that actor made it, made it come to life. Sure. Um, so, yeah. so that makes it, you know, so much better. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, definitely a, a, a raising of all boats, right? Oh, totally. Totally. And then, you know, like Essie Davis as well was, you know, she mm-hmm. was so good in the murmuring. I, mm-hmm. and, and again, almost didn't recognize her from the Babadook, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, really good performance that, that you know, everything kind of hinged on uh, for that. Um, but yeah, no, really, really good. Great. Well, it looks like we're, we're coming to the top of the hour. Is there anything else before we move on to Pastures New next week? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think it's good. I think I just, you know, uh, 
look forward to doing it again next year. I, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to as well. Once we've we've had a chance to, to you know, by that point, the saddle should be well oiled <laughs> and uh, the machinery's in place. And uh, yeah, this is a good oh, we'll foundation. Have, you know, we'll have a variety of special guests and we'll be right. sponsored. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, remember the 5th of November. Two oceans.